some things that happen at night are just for grown-ups. This episode is not intended for younger listeners, so you've been warned. I'm Vanessa Lowe, and you're listening to Nocturne. This episode is about a portal. It's a story from a man we're going to call Tom, who has found in the darkness something he can't explain. When I told Tom about Nocturne and asked if he had any nighttime stories, he said, I might have something for you, but it'll be hard to put into words. I'm a photographer and videographer. My world is so visual, and my memories are based visually, and what happens at night when I'm with a lover and the lights are off? How do I make memory of these very intense adventures that we go on? We've gone through this whole journey together and the next day I'm trying to grasp onto the memories and I don't have a visual reference. The mind's looking for the visuals, but there's nothing for the mind to go to, which is a relief too. I'm doing that constantly all day with my work. But how do I remember without my eyes? And I've tried to talk about it, try to write about it, but I always come up short. It's all senses, it's, it's all touch, it's all smell. It's hearing, but it's not words. There's, there's normally a thought process that goes on with an experience but I can't access that place because thought goes out the window in this nocturnal, sensual adventure. The whole idea is to lose the mind. It's to abandon to just the sensation of the moment. So if we lose all of that, there's no words, there's no sight, how do I make a memory and then how do I then access it later? There's a more vivid memory of something that happened at three o'clock in the afternoon than at three o'clock at night. Tom is in a new relationship. They're in that honeymoon phase where everything about the other person is fascinating and exciting and you spend as much time as possible exploring all those new details. You know what I mean. It's still that heightened intensity and we make love a lot because it's just on and it's great. And because of work schedules and kids, much of their time exploring is at night, in the dark. Which, as you heard, creates some unusual challenges for Tom, whose brain is used to interacting with the world visually. Here's the thing. Even though Tom talks about being relieved that his visual mind can rest at night, Tom's brain apparently feels differently. It's found new visuals, and where they come from is a mystery. Because I am so visual, my mind throws out imagery doing the sensual experience, but it's completely unrelated to anything. You know, it's, it's like I feel like I'm sitting on the cutting room floor in an editing booth of someone editing some historical movie. He's looking at you, kid. We robbed banks. Houston, we have you a problem. And I get these flashes of something that happened in ancient China. 
or something that happened in France in the 17th century, or something that happened during the Mayan era in Central America. But and then these flashes are just going through my mind as we're making love. But where the hell do they come from? What, what, what's the reference? I mean, I'm not a historical movie buff. It's, it's, I feel it kind of coming from a distance, the imagery. So there's something about walking through old Beijing or an old city in China, back alleys, um, you know, really crowded, really dirty, a lot going on. And then there's something about out in the Chinese countryside, really steep mountains, fog, um, yeah, thick forest, really lush. Somewhere there's a temple, a Buddhist temple involved. Um, eating with chopsticks out of a bowl. And then, let's see, Mayan, Inca, you know, Central America, I don't know, but in, in those stone pyramid structures, um, the sense of the jungle really close, barking dogs, wearing sandals, and kind of 17th century France, Paris maybe, but you know, in a, in a city, you know, horses on the streets, carriages, horses, um, going through gardens, I mean, it's a sense of the clothes, how different the clothes are, um, how differently, you know, my body is in these strange clothes. So you're seeing yourself in these pictures? Yeah, yeah. Are they pictures or moving images? No, it's it's video. It's 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 moving images. Yeah, yeah. No, it's like like time travel dropping into a portal. It'll be for a few a few minutes. How about the colors? Are they vivid? No, it's muted. Yeah, yeah, it's toned down. Turn down the contrast, the vividness. Yeah, so I'm using all these video editing metaphors here. But they're unrelated to anything that actually happened. So what? what's that about? Like, is a mind just grasping so desperately for imagery because it's in this whole new realm where there is no imagery that it's forcing imagery from God knows where, is it the collective unconscious? Is it some dream state? Is it the same place where imagery comes from, from dreams? Because it's nighttime and we're really getting close to sleep anyway, so the mind's kicking out this imagery, but that's completely unrelated to what's happening. But so often it's something historical. And what the hell, where is this coming from? I have no idea, and I've never heard anyone else talk about this. There have been moments in the past Whereas, you know, at the time I'd kind of pin it on somewhere, oh, this is past life memories. But I don't, I don't buy that anymore, or I'm, I'm reluctant to go there. It's just, it's too easy. There's something else there. So there's something called rebirthing. We breathe very rapidly. It's just very shallow breathing, floods the mind with oxygen. 
and I mean the, the, the technique in the 70s was you, you get memories of your birth and that's never happened to me but I've, I've used this in a few times just by myself and then I'm able to go into these altered states and I think making love is the same thing where as I get aroused breathing changes and gets shallow and very rapid and the body gets flooded with oxygen the mind gets flooded with oxygen and then God knows what the physiological effects are but there is then this altered state and I think there's some relation there you know what goes on it's not about past lives maybe we have past lives but I am reluctant to pin it as such maybe because I'm, I'm more comfortable hanging out in ambiguity and mystery than wanting to put a label on it and it's the ambiguity that I enjoy and that's what I'm seeking. It's not necessarily intense physical sensation, it's to go into an altered state, to be transported. And, you know, I mean, there are whole traditions of using sex to access altered state, Taoism and Tantra and everything else. So we are able to do that. And I've never studied any of that stuff, but occasionally I stumble into it and it's magical. You know, it's like this gift that there's a whole pleasure of being with someone else, but then there's this additional gift of there are these worlds that open up, that this whole landscapes and adventures that open up just lying here in this little bed at three o'clock in the morning. And I love it that I don't need an answer. It's just, it's a fascinating phenomenon. So whatever Tom is experiencing late at night in the dark with his lover, He's okay with not really naming it. He's learning to be comfortable with how ephemeral these nocturnal images are. And maybe the motivation in this is there's some wanting to hold on to the memory of what actually happened. Like this weird historical thing doesn't matter. It's like we've gone on this whole journey together and I'm wanting to kind of put a pin in the butterfly of that experience, but I I'm struggling to do that. I've got nothing to grasp onto. So that just kind of gets plowed into the field of our relationship. It's like these fleeting dreams. I mean, it's this great metaphor for life, right? We're all wanting to grasp onto our memories and our pictures and our iPhones, but we can't because at one point we're dead and everything's gone, all our possessions. It's like this is preparation for death, right? We have to let everything go. So all I can do is just open to the experience of tonight, this moment, touching, being totally present, not thinking about how am I gonna remember this tomorrow? How did this relate to what happened the night before? Just be totally present to this experience now with another person. That's the thing that's important to do. Most of them able to stay just in the experience, and that's the exercise. Someone once described, like, how do different people make love? Their modes of making love. There are three ways. People either want to just zone out, make love, like, just let me forget. Other people, it's through fantasy, through role play, through fetish. They want to create a whole story scenario in their minds. And the other way is through people who want to totally connect. It's like, I want to be as totally present with you as I can. 
So it's, it's like these three ways of how people generally make love. And my way is I want to totally connect with who we are together right now. And so there's this conscious effort to really do that and not get into the past, into the future, and always bring myself back to right now. We can try to stay anchored in the present and not get drawn into the future, but we all carry our past with us. You know, I've had very, I've had very bad sexual experiences. Um, you know, I was abused as a child. It happened when I was really young, four, four or five. Um, there was always a, a sense, and then I hurt my back a couple of years ago. Went to do this very intense deep tissue stuff, and the guy was working around hips and groin, and that's when all hell broke loose. I've had then flashbacks, um, being with someone as an adult. So I've had the opposite, where I'm touched in a certain way and I, I regress and I, I flash back and, you know, have a panic attack. So I've had, I've had the dark side of that sexual touch too. And maybe because of that, having the opposite is so magical. Getting stuck in a dark place is, is very possible. Um, so when there is this transcendent experience into a positive place, it feels like a total gift. And that's the amazing thing about sex. It's this, you know, two bodies rubbing together. But it can take us to hell and it can take us to heaven. And maybe that's the heart of it. The dark and the light, in some form, are always part of life, whether you seek them out or not. You know, th these altered states, these strange visual things, there have been glimmers of it. Um, but glimmers of it because it's had to push through so much of the armoring and the protection that I've put up subconsciously around uh, sexual intimacy. Uh, the, the, the memory of it, this whole sexual abuse thing and the kind of awareness of it and grappling with it just happened between two relationships. And up, up until now, it's affected how I am unconsciously um, with a partner. And now I think I'm way more present. And I, th I think because I've, I've kind of really worked through that stuff, and gotten rid of a lot of the armoring, I'm able to be that much more open, and I'm able to access these weird altered states far more readily. That's my hypothesis right now. So the darkness can be a shroud, but it can also be a portal into whole other worlds. You can try to protect against it, or you can walk straight toward it, like Tom did. That's the adventure, and that was the prayer. I mean, it's been my prayer my whole life. Can I come to a place of wholeness sexually? And there's a sense of it. Yes, there is this possibility, and I was always grappling for it, but I couldn't because I was weighed down by what happened when I was four years old. 
And now I feel like I've really cut myself loose from that weight and can now you know, access those places or be really present with someone else sexually unencumbered by what my experience is. And with a lot more awareness because I carry both sides of where sexuality can go, the, the, the dark and the light. And so there's, there's real gratitude for the whole, the whole gamut. The darkness is no longer a scary place, it's a welcoming place, it's a sanctuary. Instead of where things get hidden, it's where things get revealed. I'm Vanessa Lowe. Nocturne was created by myself and Kent Sparling, who also composed the theme music. You can find more information, including about the music in this episode, at nocturnepodcast.org. You can listen and subscribe to this podcast on iTunes. And while you're there, we'd love it if you would write a review. Finally, if you have a night story you'd like to share, please email us at hello at nocturnepodcast.org.